0: I think one difficult part of grief is regret. And if you have to face some regret alongside just the sadness of losing somebody, then I think that just makes it that much tougher. So with having Pop's story written down and having seen him so much growing up and having, you know, my mom was also really good about like flying me home for their birthdays and all that sort of thing and getting that family together, luckily, When he passed, it was it was surprising, it was out of the blue, it was sad for all of us, but it wasn't also coupled with regret. I was able to think I saw him a ton, and then those moments sitting down to recording to record his life were that much more powerful.
1: Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between Podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi. Your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. On today's podcast, I have Andrew Hall. Andrew is the co founder of No Story Lost. He started this company with his cousin and best pal, Jeremy, and they started this company after they recorded their own grandfather's story and realized how important this was not only for their family, but even just for themselves as to having this story of their grandfather and legacy recorded on paper. Is that it, So it started with a recording and then you translate into paper. Tell us this journey of this, Andrew. Welcome.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Thank you. So the, the backstory is that My maternal side of my family uh, was really close growing up. So we grew up in Calgary uh, in Canada here. And uh, we had this family that we'd see for all of our holidays and every birthday and all that. So this 12 or 14 people always around uh, kind of with my grandpa and my grandma, who we called Nan and Pop. And then their four kids and some of the grandkids. So we had all these family gatherings together. And my, my grandpa... My pop was kind of a legend, so he would sing to us. He would tell us stories. So like celebrating a Scottish holiday, Robbie Burns Day, he'd be dressed up in uh, tartan red, and he would do poetry to the haggis and everything. So our, our family was always saying, someone's got to write down all these stories and songs while we can. He had a heart attack when he was about 55, so in the 70s. And then he just lived another 40 years after that. (laughs) So, but everyone thought like, to some extent he's kind of on borrowed time since the 70s. So we got to write this down while we can And I heard this when I was eight and I heard it when I was 12 and I heard it when I was 16 and no one had ever done anything about
1: it. And he's still living? Is he still living?
0: (laughs) Not anymore. We lost him in 2020. So it's been recent. Yeah, we did this project in 2018 or so. So I was home from university one of the times and I'd said to myself, okay, that's enough. I've heard this enough times. I just got to sit down and record this. So uh, I went over to their house and visited and brought my laptop and, Just had him tell stories, and I just typed live while he spoke because I could type pretty quickly. Not the best way to do this as we learned and and we improved the product, but that was the version 0.1 was I just typed like a secretary or something as he spoke. So I got down a bunch of his stories, and then I was like, this is pretty cool. We're starting to capture them and kind of started to build his life timeline out. And then my cousin and I, so same side of the family, Jeremy, he's my co-founder, like you said, my best buddy and my business partner from our previous venture and from this one. Uh, The next time he joined me and we sat down, this time we had the forethought to record the audio and deal with the writing later. So we just sat with them and asked them questions and Poked and prodded and heard hilarious old stories. Then we transcribed the audio later and typed it out, and that was a lot better. So we were seeing, like, starting to learn as we went, and eventually, after a couple more of those, we had a really good body of work of a lot of his stories. So we couldn't get it all, but we got a lot. And so I'll show you on the on the video call here. This was our oh a, oh my. He version. is a
1: photocopy. You are a photocopy.
0: I, <laughs> oh my right? goodness! Isn't yes. It funny?
1: it is wow Probably looks so much alike
0: 60 years ago or more but yeah yeah especially with the haircut and the beard we look very similar so our first version super small kind of black and white photos reads more like a bit of a novel and yeah kind of the shape and size of a novel and then over time we've kind of evolved the product but that was the origin story and that's kind of how it started and that's the very first no story lost book
1: With the interview then, you had already done it before and then you did it then with Jeremy when you guys were recording. How long was this conversation in order for you guys to be able to gather all these details to then print?
0: Yeah, roughly an hour each. You know, the first time it was until my fingers were tired from typing and then, yeah. And the second time was until Pop was tired and didn't want to tell stories anymore. But an hour tends to be pretty good. So this little book is maybe, you know, two or three hours worth. I'll I'll send you lots of pictures. You've probably seen our books now are thick, like thick coffee up. table style book, full of color and lots of extra pages and stuff.
1: And pictures and everything. The, or the pictures. Okay. So let, let's actually, let me backtrack. Let's yeah. go back. And so you did this. You guys yeah. see then the result then of the the reaction that your family had when they saw this, the reaction of your grandfather, because you did it prior to his passing. So he got to see then this product. And then what was it that you guys were like, "Uh uh-huh. This this, this looks like, oh, let's see here. Uh, There's something (laughs) to this. uh,
0: (laughs) There is two main things. So first of all, yeah, it was that reaction. It was like, the family feeling like, wow, okay, these are actually safe. It's done. We've done it. Like to open it, to hear his voice on the recordings was really cool. Uh, and the second thing was like, holy crap, that was a lot of work. Like it, it's so important yet it took us a ton of time and effort, especially before we perfected the process that that's when it sort of clicked. It was like the value side of it and how great it is to have, coupled with the first time you pick this up to do it yourself, is a big labor of love. So we thought if we can bring this to more families, but bring it to them in a way that it's pretty easy on the family, that's maybe where we really have something. We can have the great interviewers who have done this before. We can get it transcribed quickly so that the family members not typing it out. Um, And then we know how to lay it out for print and we have our printing partner and all the pieces kind of pulled together. So to turn it into a, a little business was really chunking it up into four or five parts of what has to happen and then bringing that into one package for families. So I think it was really cool that we did it ourselves first. So we knew exactly like what it felt like on the family side and what labor we were avoiding them having to do and stuff.
1: That is that is so smart. yeah, you guys were your own guinea pigs to to start with because well you saw a lot of things come from that, right an initial need inventions come from that an initial need and mm-hmm. then you end up totally. putting it out there so you guys are a testament to that while doing this, then when how long was this process then of turning it into a business and then on the customer side, we'll talk about mm-hmm. how people do that part.
0: yeah. So like I said I think it was 2017 or 2018 with this one and Jeremy and I were busy running a whole other business that we had started that which we what was it 24. what was it by the yeah. way what was, was this called, other
1: venture uh-huh it
0: was called meal Share, and so what we did was we partnered with restaurants it was a it was a non nonprofit so we partnered with restaurants and put our logo next to a few menu items and if you buy a mealshare item you provide one meal to a youth in need so it was a buy hmm. one give one product for restaurants uh, we had been inspired by Tom's Shoes and some of those buy-one-give-one models, but Mm. thought, what's even more important than shoes, food? How can we feed people with this? So, yeah, we had this crazy idea. We started with four partners in our hometown in Canada and grew it to 500 restaurant partners across the country. We even uh, dabbled in working in the U.S. a little bit. So we were in Austin and San Antonio a little bit, too. So I got to get down there. And it was great. It was really, really solid. We ran it for about eight years, made a ton of impact, gave away... Six million meals to youth, and then COVID happened, and we only partnered with restaurants, and restaurants all closed, especially in Canada for a long time. And even when they were open, they were struggling again. They had new bills to pay and to make up for closed time and stuff. So that really, really was hard on Mealshare. So kind of as that was sunsetting, that was when we were bringing No Story Lost into the world. After doing my my pops book, we had told a few friends and we did a couple friends and family projects. So pretty basic, like looking back at our old materials, it's like any good startup. If you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you started too late. And we're definitely, you know, it's funny looking back on our early ones. But that's when we started to realize, hey, we've got photos and this text. And actually a friend of mine was working with us for a little while, and she really saw the opportunity to turn this into a coffee table book, something that you might actually leave out on the table and show friends rather than stash away on a bookshelf. So she kind of had cookbooks laying out for inspiration because those are so visually heavy. And then other bigger books with color, magazines. So she helped us bring it from, yeah, novel to beautiful coffee table book. And it kind of just naturally snowballed from there. We, you know, it was a couple of friends and family. And then our first stranger found us on the internet and bought a project and then off we go. But it did take us a while to wrap up uh, meal shares. We were running that uh, through through 2020 and 2021. And we're really just full-time on No Story Lost this year.
1: Walk us through then the process of somebody then reaching out. So they find you or they hear this podcast. How do they then tell their loved one, by the yeah. way, we want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just, let's actually just play. Let's do an example. My dad, right? So I'm going to do this let's, for my dad. Dad, as you're listening yeah. to this, I have not actually booked it yet. So just, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Let's say I'm doing it with my dad. And so I contact you guys. How does that process go from there?
0: Yeah, there's kind of two ways. Sometimes somebody will buy it for their parent or loved one, spouse, anything like that, and then surprise them and say like, happy birthday. This is what I've got you. But that can catch the Shire people a little bit off guard so other people like to have a conversation first and that usually goes like hey I saw this thing I thought it was really cool because I'd love to learn more about you you know I've known you my whole life but there's probably so much of your life that I've never heard about because there just doesn't necessarily happen to be that occasion where you're going to ask what was your favorite song growing up but who were your friends in elementary school like we just don't ask those questions we tend to ask more general things so bringing that conversation to them and saying, I'd love to learn more about you. Would you be up for this? Sometimes there's hesitation. Sometimes they're excited. So it depends on the personality. And usually the ones who are hesitant, what gets them across the line is to say, you know, this is not just for you. It's for me. It's for my kids. It's for maybe my grandkids to really know where they came from and who you were. And that usually makes people realize, hey, this is something that my family will be able to cherish for a long time. So that's kind of how the conversation gets started. And then from there you'd buy the project online and then you'd have a welcome call with the amazing Heather from our team, our project coordinator. And she would learn all about what you want to see in your book. So she'd ask you, Kendra, like, what do you know? What do you not know? What should we definitely ask your dad? What should we maybe not ask your dad if there's anything sensitive or anything he doesn't want to go over, what would you like to learn more about? Uh, and we can kind of take it anywhere from we know all the questions that are that are great and we can ask. Or sometimes families like want to build their own questions list. So we kind of take it however is fit. And then we would uh, schedule that first interview and off the interviewer goes. And then so what is
1: the timeline from start to finish for someone? Let's say someone's planning to give this as a gift for all of the, let's say a sibling let you want to surprise all your siblings yeah. or something like that with this you then book you know talk to you guys set it up start to finish what's the timeline
0: yeah we can work as quickly as about eight to ten weeks but then the family often holds things up a little bit because we send our design version and people open it up and say holy smokes i've got this like 100 or 200 page book And some families are like, "Yep, looks amazing, print it." And others really want to get their hands into it and get involved. So that editing process for some families takes a long time because they want it to be perfect and they want every word just so. Uh, But if there's ever a rush for a a gift or a holiday, yeah, we can turn them around pretty quickly.
1: So Uh, eight to ten weeks. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the other thing is collecting photos. So you know, Mm -hmm. if the photos are back home across the country in a basement covered in dust it takes families a little while to pull them out and choose them if they're already digitized then families can get them to us really quickly that's the other thing that can sometimes sometimes hold things up
1: okay so now we know if you're planning for to do something like this for like a holiday gift plan at least two months prior to start this process
0: and start looking for photos now yeah (laughs) yes
1: I'm sure some people are really organized and already have a lot of Mm -hmm. things like that already organized. Some of us are not as organized and may not be, uh, you know, on top of things. Now, you mentioned then a team. So how did it go then from Jeremy and you to now then a team? And how did you realize you needed these different pieces? And this, this goes to... Even just for myself as someone that has like a podcast, like at what point in time, when we're starting something, do we realize we need that help? And when do we ask for help in things that we not always are an expert on? So how was that process yeah. for you and Jeremy?
0: Yeah. yeah, we learned a little bit through growing meal share about delegation and when to do that somebody wise once told me that if you want to grow a little bit you'll have to pass off the things you're not very good at but if you really want to scale you have to be okay with passing off the things you are good at uh, which can be really hard it can be hard to pass off things that you think you could do better or that are kind of core to your skill set but for us in this case our interviewers and writers are really good at what they do and they're educated in that realm in an area that we're not so that was easy for us to know like Right off the bat, we should be hiring journalism and creative writing and English majors. Uh, Most of them have master's degrees in writing as well. So we have never written a book other than our own So We've always had people on the team who can do kind of a great job of that. Um, And then designer, same thing. Like I could could hack it in Photoshop, but it wouldn't be as good as our designers are. So in this case, it was pretty clear pretty early to find a part-timer who could who could be our interviewer and writer, and find a designer, uh, and then that's just kind of scaled with how many projects we have per month. So now we're up to three writers and interviewers, a separate designer, a separate transcriptionist, and our project coordinator, who I mentioned, and then Tanya, who worked with us at Mealshare and has come over to be like our admin genius again, who she keeps us organized, which is great.
1: So, because you guys had meal share, then you had already that expertise then of knowing how, what to delegate or what you know to completely set aside, and you had somewhat of an idea of that. Now, you with meal share, it was a partnership and collaboration with restaurants. Have you guys already looked towards the future of what type of collaborations you'd be doing with No Story Lost, as well with other partnerships, maybe in the future? I'm yeah. Just no, great question
0: yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity there. So, so far, I guess early on, we mostly just had a website up and people would find us individually, but a few kind of partnerships we're working on now and just getting started with. Um, So firstly, I mean, I didn't even know this, but Funeral Homes, a lot of their business is selling what's called pre-need or pre-planning. So it's people who are still with us, who are thinking ahead to their someday, how they'd like to be remembered. And And taken care of after they pass away. And so that's a time I think that people are thinking about legacy. They're thinking about what they'd want to spend some of their their money on. And I think this is a great opportunity to have something that you can enjoy while you're still around and see your kids enjoy and that sort of thing. Enjoy right away as opposed to the rest of pre-planning is usually like, I'm paying now for something that'll come in the future, but this is something you can enjoy today. So we're looking at finding partnerships with funeral homes or pre-planning companies, uh, estate planners, uh, lots of things like that. So who's in touch with the people who are in that sweet spot of you know, 60 to 90 years old? They're telling stories. They've got lots of life behind them. They want to share who's talking to them uh, when they're in a place that they're thinking about life and legacy and all that sort of thing. So I think tons of room to grow into some great partnerships.
1: Yeah, that's, that's so true. I think a lot of what you said, that a lot of people end up planning or setting already up even what cemetery they're going to be buried. They do their pre-planning even before you know yeah. that in order to not leave a, a burden on their exactly. families. A lot of times this would be something that could be in addition to something like that, that you're like, you know what? This is something else I want to leave. And, and the part of legacy that is... That is uh, something I think we all think of. Like, what is the legacy Mm. we're going to leave? It's not usually the the things that you have that are the legacy. It's the impact you had on people's lives. And your story is that part of that. So making sure that it still is maintained in some shape or form is great. Now, what can someone do to prepare... Like, let's say, oh, oh, I'm ready. I want to start. And maybe, yeah. I, you know, I'm here, but I'm in my, you know, almost 50, have two teenagers. I'm like, you know what? Oh, I'll start doing this. Like, maybe even if it's the story of their dad and I or some like, yeah. you know, things like that. Would that be a way to have you done it with couples? What what different kind of nuances of stories have you guys done?
0: Yeah, I I always like, do you remember seeing... I think Lego maybe had this as a, As a slogan it was like age 5 to 99 like their appropriate Uh toy for 5 to 99 we're kind of the same because we've done a project for like a two or three year old all through through his parents because this was during COVID and his grandma had never met him because no one could travel for a couple years so they wrote the story (laughs) of Raf and sent it to grandma so that's our youngest client ever and we've had some late 90s clients uh we may have a our first centenarian starting who's 100 soon too so Yeah, kind of that full range of life. Uh, People have used it in order to tell their kind of wedding story. So I think a lot of people have done photo books for their weddings, but uh, they had us print all the speeches and all this kind of stories from the wedding too, which is obviously a lot more involved than just a photo book. So people have seen what we offer and then they've gotten creative on how they can use it to create a story of what they want. So vacation book, business, like, story of your business after people retire from being entrepreneurs couples like you said a lot of a lot of couples do their book together so we'll interview Mm -hmm. them individually about their life before they met and then do interviews together and watch them interact which is kind of fun and we print the text in different colors corresponding to each person so that's been fun too
1: I I love all these ideas because when you guys reached out, I'm thinking, oh, this is more like a in memoriam of like when that's kind of when I first read it. But then as I'm reading, you know, as I'm talking more with you and you're sharing, I'm like, no, this is like something for everybody. So it is, it is something. Yeah, you can you can use in different stages of your life. A lot of people do those Shutterfly. I'm not trying to advertise any of those those kind of books that they do on (laughs) their own. Yeah, I've never done one my sister is a pro at it I've never done one in it for my kids because part yeah. of it is what you say it's the organizing the thinking oh what order do you do things even yeah. if it's just photos sometimes you still That's feel still overwhelmed of, yeah. of even choosing which ones but these these photos accompanied with a story within it even more valuable too because then you kind of know what Oh, what happened? Oh, and the, if it's a vacation yeah. book, then anecdotes that happened during that vacation. Yeah. Oh, and the boat got you know <laughs> ran out of gas, which happened to one of, in one of ours, uh, you know. And then you're stuck in the middle of the ocean with no gas. <laughs> Where was that? The, Where in did Cartagena, that Cartagena, Colombia. Yeah. Twenty people in this little boat, and the the driver never once like even turned around and said, "Sorry, people." I don't know if it's called driver. I don't know what you call a boat.
0: Captain, captain, maybe, I guess. I know, I was yeah. like little
1: and um uh, and we're just there and waiting until some other boat would give us some gas, you know, and we're just in the middle of the ocean <laughs> waiting for gas.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the color commentary that, is, that goes with the photo that otherwise would just be a photo of the boat. And photo, it's easy, right. easy to forget. So
1: and those are the memory, those are the things our kids remember of that trip. They're like, Oh, when we ran out of gas in the middle <laughs> of the ocean. So yeah, these yeah. are the things you can uh, document. So Let's then take a little bit of a turn into your own life. What are some of these highlights you've highlighted then your grandfather's life, highlights of yeah. your own life that you would put into a book yourself? You, you're from Canada. Right now you're in Arizona. Are you in Arizona for work or did you move to
0: Arizona? No, I'm just here visiting. My parents have a little condo in Phoenix and we're like the many Canadians who like to escape the winter. It's not winter yet, but I'm early. I'm a little early this year. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually still pretty nice back home, but I like the heat. So I decided to come and get some uh, October heat and it's, yeah, it's really hot here right now. Um, So yeah, I've spent almost all my time in Vancouver. My wife and I travel quite a bit. Uh, I can obviously work remote with this job. So to come down and set up my uh, Southern office, I guess too. Yeah. I love the, I love the question though, because When we put our vacation responders on, if we're ever on vacation from No Story Lost, we say, I'm out making memories that I hope to put in my book one day. Catch you when I'm back kind of thing. Um, So what are some of the stories? A few few highlights. I did my university degree in a city called Victoria. Um, So there'd be lots of university stories. But then I got to do an exchange. I lived in Sweden for four months and traveled all over Europe with my three buddies. And we had dozens of friends on exchange at the same time so we'd bounce over to Paris for a weekend and see buddies from from school and then we'd go to Denmark and then Spain and that that was wicked so it was a huge highlight like you said I think wicked
1: wait a minute do do (laughs) wait do Canadians say wicked that sounds like what Bostonians say with wicked I didn't know I thought you were gonna say
0: west coast weird yeah it's so funny
1: yeah but I think I think wicked is I did not know what now I have to think Wicked. I'm almost sure that know. in the Northeast they'd say it wicked. Could be. I was like, oh, okay, I'm it picking up some stuff
0: here. Okay. Yeah, we we pick up all these different mannerisms from different parts of <laughs> well, the We States, are. And we 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 have, have, we're a universal we our, beings. Yeah. Yeah. We have our A that we say that's kind of Canadian. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was just okay. playing to golf with you. this guy from Minnesota that I've met here, and he's got his Minnesota accent, and we. But the Minnesota,
1: mis- they mis- their o's, their there. o's sometimes can sound like the Canadian o's too, a yeah. little bit, right? That totally. uh, the way they say boat and right. Yeah. I, that I, I listen to a- accents because I have one. So when I pick up accents, it's not like I'm trying to point. I'm like, I have one. It's like, you not I'm trying to be like, hey, you've got an accent. I'm like, I've got one too. So yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. little nuances I pick up. Okay. So then you were in, sorry to interrupt. No, so that's were, good. It's Swedish, all good. You had, the... you had
0: all these wick, wicked fun. Wicked, wicked fun. yeah. Wicked good times. <laughs> yeah. So That would be a highlight. All that travel around Europe. And then I think what you were saying too is like, this could be a good thing to just do after a big vacation. So I think my vacation stories would be a big, big highlight as well. And then more locally, just adventures. So I did a bike packing trip with somebody. So like strapping your tent to a bike and doing four or five nights, we traveled all across the, the province. Uh, that's our word for states. We call them provinces. So all the way across BC. Yeah. And then uh, just this summer, I did what's called the North Coast Trail. So Vancouver Island and DC... Uh, has this beautiful like six day hike where yeah you pack everything on your back and hike and tent every night on the beach and we saw whales and bears and all the good west coast nature so I think those would be some of the things that i'd, I'd put in my book for sure uh, adventures with people I love kind of thing
1: is your wife into these type of adventures as well
0: yeah she's pretty adventurous that one was a especially a big one. She doesn't get out on the like multi-day overnighters. She's actually hooked on golf now. She's, she's more into it even than I am. So she's going to be dragging me out on the course a bunch here. Uh, we definitely, yeah, we definitely bonded over sports. We met on a sports team and we play a lot of soccer together, squash and golf and whatever. So she is adventurous, just she didn't do the seven day backcountry one.
1: So tell us about then how you guys... How long have you been married? How How, how is this, this story? You know what? Here I, here I am. I'll document... I'll make sure to pass this on to whoever's going to yeah, do Yeah, you're your, the interviewer. You're no story. You're recording no my story life story. Yeah, you
0: getting some of it done for me.
1: <laughs> there you go. So we...
0: This is actually a funny story. So when I was in, in my BCOM degree, so doing a commerce degree, I did this thing uh, that's called JDC West. So it's a business conference, but all the students are competing in a given type of discipline. So I was on the nonprofit team, which was foreshadowing for my career later. And then I was on a couple other teams. There's also a finance team and a marketing team. And then there's a captain who takes care of the whole team. So my buddy and I were captaining in our last year and we had to find 50 business students to bring along with us and drop into each of these teams to compete against other schools. We're going to travel across western canada to compete and so we hold these tryouts and there's this girl named shelby trying out for the sports team there's a sports team as well so we're judging all the players how good are they at throwing because it was flag football that year are they fast blah 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 and shelby was right up there but we cut her and that was like my one interaction with her at university then i ended up meeting her again like two or three years later so our origin story is me cutting her. But in the end, uh, strong approval for for who she is. (laughs) Strong enough. Probably the strongest kind of approval, right? And then I'm uh, on one knee like eight years later. It's pretty funny. So it started as a competition uh,
1: and now it's a partnership of marriage. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we we then we met playing on multi sports. So you play a different sport every week. And like I said, she's a good athlete all around. So we met there. And then then I proposed on her water ski boat. She's a big water skier. So out in the middle of the lake with a drone video that I took. So that was kind of fun. And then we got married last year.
1: Oh, you recently, recently married. So now yeah. you can do this, your life story of your getting to know each other. That could be then in your in your story in your storybook as well. That 100%. that could be another one. Okay. let since this podcast is about grief and this could be a tool for people that are also grieving in there. And it turned out to be something you guys did prior to your grandfather passing. Would you care to share a little bit of your own journey after your grandfather passed? Has he been the only person that in your family that's died or have you had any other people that are close that have
0: died? Yeah. So I was really lucky to get to know all four of my grandparents growing up, knew them until I was an adult. So paternal grandfather passed away in 2009 and then pop uh, 2020 and then this year uh, lost my paternal grandmother so I've got one grandparent left but I'm 34 so I'm doing pretty well one of them passed away at 98 uh, which is amazing so that piece of it is like when when we've lost them for the most part it's been like wow we were so lucky to have them as long as we did and I think one difficult part of grief is regret. And -hmm. if you have to face some regret alongside just the sadness of losing somebody, then I think that just makes it that much tougher. So with having Pop's story written down and having seen him so much growing up and having, you know, my mom was also really good about like flying me home for their birthdays and all that sort of thing and getting that family together. Luckily, when he passed, it was... It was surprising it was out of the blue it was sad for all of us but it wasn't also coupled with regret i was able to think i saw him a ton and then those moments sitting down to recording to record his life were that much more powerful those were some of the times like obviously when you lose someone you reflect back on the last time you saw them and some of the meaningful times together and those were up there with some of the most valuable time spent together because it was just all attention on him and listening to his stories and laughing and seeing him laugh at, at being a joker growing up and all this so that was a big reflection i had obviously i thought about this coming onto the podcast too like what does grief mean to me and what are the other associated feelings so that's that's a bit of a reflection on on pop uh, and you know that gave me perspective on what's important with my other grandparents as well uh, while they're around.
1: I I like that you mentioned that word regret, because it is so true. Sometimes uh, all these other emotions that come up in grief are sometimes even stronger than the grief itself, or like they kind of mm-hmm. haunt you per se. And regret is one of these that kind of yeah. haunts, can haunt us. So not in your case with your grandparents not having any of these regrets. It's like because then it takes away from that remembering of the moment yeah. when you're holding on to these regrets. So thank you. That that's a word I I don't think I've heard as much in the interviews I've had. And so I wrote. it Yeah, down, I liked your it?
0: your reflections there. That was really well said.
1: Yeah. So no, but it came up from from your convert from you sharing that. With you having done then this for your pop, have you done then the story then with your... uh, Were you able to do with your living grandmother as well? Yeah,
0: a little bit. So my grandpa who passed away in 2009, this idea wasn't around yet. That was also more surprising, like kind of came out of nowhere. But Mm -hmm. then my living grandma, we've recorded all of hers and she's in the process of editing. She's really spunky and funny and so she's... She's like, oh, I'll get around to it sometime. But <laughs> she has it all redlined and correcting and changing a bunch of things. So she's kind of funny about it. And she had a disaster where she had printed it out to manually correct it and she knocked the pages on the ground and scattered her stories everywhere. So oh. we're working through that one. <laughs> and then my other grandma, at the time that we were kind of getting going with it, I sat down with her and tried to prompt her on some of her old stories that she told me just a couple years before. But she was dealing with a little bit of dementia and couldn't quite. It didn't have the richness and fullness that some of the other stories did. So I have some voice recordings of her, and and they're good. And we've got some of the memories, but it's yeah, not quite book sized because mm-hmm. we didn't quite couldn't quite get enough. Well, so, uh, the you know, the idea a,
1: had not been birthed yet either. Yeah, you know, early on, you know, for you to get those those stories, so. That is, you know, sad, but at the same time, you still have the the memories that you hold on. Now, what were some of the tools you used in your grief journey when your pop uh, passed? Because he's the one that, well, 2009, you were, were you in college at that point? When your exactly, first grandfather yeah. died? Okay. Yeah. How was that? And then in relation to then now you as an adult, do you remember the differences and how you grieved as, Uh, a 20-something-year-old, you know, young kid to then now.
0: Yeah, I I had lived with uh, that grandpa and grandma, too, so that one was a little Mm -hmm. bit tougher because it was a little more visceral, Being, you know, walking back around that house, having just lived there, really around them a whole lot, you know, then you kind of hear the echoes a little bit more, and it's, yeah, more right in your face. Again, I've been so lucky to have not lost, like, a parent or someone really close, but people say that like losing your first parent is really like a jarring experience. And so I think that on a lower level, like losing my first grandparent is a lot different than 10 or 15 years later, losing your second grandparent. So I think that Mm -hmm. one, that was like one of my first lessons in, you know, the fragility of life and how fast things can change and that sort of thing. When your grandparents are in their 90s, there's not a bad chance you'll kind of, they're sick and then you see it coming a little bit. This grandpa, at the time, I had like gone to see them before Christmas, kind of waved goodbye, seeing them smiling at the top of the stairs, like see you after Christmas. They gave me my envelope and then it just changed so quickly that uh, I just really didn't expect it at all. And luckily, I have that good memory of kind of like saying goodbye to him that way. But I'd say that first lesson was a different kind of lesson, a different part of grief in um, just thinking about the fragility and... Making making sure, you know every moment counts and that sort of thing. Um, And then later on, yeah, maybe feeling a little bit more prepared and a little bit less surprised. Still hard in its own way. Still
1: catches us. That's a thing. Even though it's the one thing we know is guaranteed. Yeah. Yet it still catches us by surprise. Yeah. By surprise. Ninety-eight.
0: Like it's not surprising in that sense of the term but we still didn't it still wasn't expected and it still catches you with that pit in your stomach and sinking hard and that kind of feeling
1: yeah i know and it's and it's one that we all we all experience in some shape or form differently of course everybody grieves differently based on who they are and the relationship they had but we all still grieve (laughs) in some Mm -hmm. right so mm-hmm. how how do you then see and how have you had any feedback of anybody that's done the process of these books with you guys on how it's helped them in their journey have you had any feedback from your customers and can you share that yeah. with us
0: Yeah So a couple a few friends of mine okay. have done projects with us and two really come to mind where people my age, so friends my age, but their parent happened to be older when they had their kids. So they kind of had the older dad who was in his 80s already, whereas our dads are kind of like mid to late 60s. And both were like, yeah, I don't no, He's not doing the best, but, you know, it didn't seem like this was a last minute thing. Um, and I kind of encouraged them like, yeah, let's just like do the interviews and get it done. And and that's just, you know, it's just good to have done. And then these two happened to lose their dads kind of within a year of during the project. And, so for them, they're, again, like just so relieved to have done it when they did. They're so, so happy with their books. And, and even like, yeah, i say the meaning really increases to them. Like, so Steph, who was a friend of ours, you know, she was the first one to coin the term when she opened her book. She said she cried happy tears, which we love. We, we like to make that our goal now is to make families cry happy tears. But then, you know, her mom, you know, didn't love the book. It wasn't anything too fancy. But then once she lost her husband, she's now like the books, everything to her. And she printed more copies and gave them to all of her cousins and siblings and all that. Um, so yeah, those are some powerful stories. And then kind of on a similar note, someone came to me in, in March, he's about my age and his dad had cancer. And he said, I don't know if it's gonna work. Uh, he's not doing very well right now, but let me see if we can try, like I'll get back to you in a few weeks when he's feeling better. And I said, you know what? I've seen how this goes. Like, let's do the welcome call now. Let's get you all ready. Let's know exactly what you want so that if there's even a day when your dad's feeling well, again, we interview that day. And luckily in this case, it happened like two weeks later, he felt better. We interviewed him back to back days, one hour each printed the book. His dad saw the book. They got to review it together. And then he lost him. in I think June, but that timing is just so important. And like, you just have to do it while you can. Uh, Cause I've seen the other side with clients who just didn't quite start in time and then they don't get to do it. And it's so tough to see.
1: And then that's when you feel regret. <laughs> that's when exactly, you're like, man, exactly. I should have, would have, could have. And yeah. a lot of times we do leave, live our lives in regret. I, in many aspects I'm like, man, I should have studied this. I should have gone to mm-hmm. this. I should have the, you know, we live in that world and there are situations in which we don't have to necessarily live in that space um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all the time. Right. Totally. If, and that really comes to being present with the ones that we love as much as we can be. And this is yeah. one of the well, ways really that you can, that. and this is, exactly. yeah. And this is one of the ways that you can and carry that, that legacy. And, and there yeah, it may not be that you get to do the interview. And if that happens, by the way, that actually, here's an, I don't know if you've done this too. Have you done a no story loss post more like, Post yeah. Somebody dying. Yeah,
0: memorial projects.
1: Memorial
0: yeah. yes. And often right away is too soon. Uh, so we've we've kind of tried to work on it a month or so after, and then the person says, you know what, I can't do this yet. But then mm-hmm. kind of the six months later or the year later, we've done memorial projects, and that's either the spouse or even the whole family getting involved where they'll all come together. It can be a chance to kind of work through the grief together to bond to to put together a project together and they produce really great books still so it's going to be obviously slightly different because it's not coming from the person's own stories but it's a good chance for everyone to share all their favorite stories about the person so yeah we have one we're doing important yeah yeah we have one we're doing from from oregon right now where somebody tragically died pretty young and left kids and there are 14 people contributing to his Mm. book and I think it'll just be amazing and one thing I kind of didn't see coming is this is actually hard on our writing team as well when you're telling these heart-wrenching stories like they can only take one of these at a time where it's a memorial project and they're they're almost being therapists a bit and hearing people out and (laughs) one of them one of my writers says "Yep, I did my interview and my ugly cry and then and I got to writing later (laughs) it's kind of a a tough time for them, too. It's tough for everybody involved, but, yeah, the Memorial Projects are valuable, too. So,
1: I mean, I know this because I interview people all the time, so I have to sometimes be here, yeah, ugly crying. as well, yeah. That's part of the reason I don't do the video <laughs> video yeah. version of my podcast because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah. I don't think I was gonna be a, a box it. of tissues in the frame know. all the time, <laughs> yeah, and not only for myself, but also sometimes an interviewee, right? Like yeah. it can, can make you feel a little more guarded when you know you're being on, yeah. ca- on camera. Yeah. So, so we're like, oh, okay, so I can understand where your interviewers, uh, how they feel yeah. after that, totally. Yeah, you kind of, but it, it's also just so beautiful for yourself when you're listening to stories because it's a reflection. On them too, as they're interviewing. I'm sure it's a big reflection on them, uh, you know, for their own lives. And grow, you grow when you learn from these stories that you're hearing as well. Totally. So, uh, so that is still really enriching. Now, how can people get a hold of you guys? I will for sure put the website at the bottom. But tell us, tell us more uh, of that. And again, like, is yeah. there a wait list to even start the yeah, a project, or uh, is it pretty quick?
0: It's pretty quick, so it's nostorylost.com, and then luckily all our handles are just no story lost. So whether that's on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, it's no story lost. So that's easy, and the starting process again is that welcome call. But if families aren't sure if they're ready, uh, we do a discovery call instead, which is free. It's fifteen minutes, and you can just learn it a little bit more. And often it's people asking like, "Would it work if we did this? Or could we do it this way?" and usually it's yes. If it's something we can record of audio and turn into writing, it's probably a yes. But yeah, on our website, there's a bunch of buttons for discovery calls. uh, So that's a good way to just feel it out and see if it's the right thing for you as well.
1: And the pricing wise, does it, you don't have to say the pricing, people can say that, find that out on the website, but is it based on the length of the project, the length, the many pages, pictures? Yeah that kind of thing, what, yes, and is, yes, yes, there's different tiers. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, based on the number of interviews. So some people might only need a couple hours, so our basic project is two hours. Uh, That's for when you have the really shy, reserved person who answers in shorter sentences, but we still capture, you know, seven to 10,000 words usually with that. And then we've got the six interview package, which is for the talkers who you just can't seem to move them along fast enough. And they love to tell detailed stories and paragraph after paragraph. And those get really long. And those are our thick kind of biography books. And then, like I said, there's the odd time when someone comes along and says, I want to interview 14 people. Can you guys do that? And we basically have to check with our printer and see how thick of a book we can print but uh, yeah <laughs> you can volumes on... you
1: might have to need volumes right, of coffee yeah, books at like that those point yeah like encyclopedias yeah <laughs> yes
0: yeah so we you can add on one interview to any of the packages too and it doesn't cost like more or less it's not more or less efficient to what you do so you can start with a couple and add on interviews easily later
1: thank you so much andrew for sharing that now before we wrap up i always want to make sure i've asked most of the things, or at least that either you had in mind or that I had in mind, is there anything that I did not ask and that you still want to share with the listeners?
0: I mean, I think that's really good. Do you have like resources or tools that you recommend for for grief or for people just to do in advance? Like I read a book called On Grief and Grieving, and the the author has one called On Death and Dying as well. And I think that's like a little bit of a toolkit.
1: Uh, to prepare for that the types I've of things you can't at, prepare for I've never uh, been asked that but that's great yeah. that's great that you've uh, that you that you are sharing some options here Yeah what no, have you learned
0: I've, through all your No for
1: me or? for me I think it's that part of being present in general with those that you are either about to lose if by chance you're at the bedside of someone like my mom died of pancreatic cancer so I can understand the fr- the person that reached out with that person right mm-hmm. you be present and the other part too is being present with your. if it's already you're already grieving being present with your own emotions acknowledging your emotions not judging your emotions as they come and just witnessing them as they come Mm -hmm. without suppressing them and each one will be different for everybody it will look different but that's that's at least a tip for myself and what I've seen is not judging your own grief and not judging others. Yeah,
0: either. I like that. Yeah. I would say the biggest surprise for me in any grief I've felt from before I had would be like the non-linearity. It's yes. like it could, all <laughs> the emotions could come at different times and there's no plan and there's no set way you go through it. Mm-hmm. And then the amplitude as well is like, Oh, I kind of thought I would just get a bit better over time. And it's like, no, nope, you're going to have a great day. Then you're going to have a terrible day then you're going to have a good day. Then you're going to have a kind of a low day and it's, yeah. It's no, and within like the day, within the same day totally. itself, you
1: can have all of those in just one day. It's, it's yeah. like uh you, you were saying you're a sports person. So it's, it's like an ocean. It is unpredictable. You do not yeah. know when there's going to be a huge wave that just Like, oh, then the, the, Undertow, is that what it's called? The, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that sucks back the, out. Suck, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. never know. So just, just ride with yeah. it. And tools like this, like a podcast, tools like ha- people that already, let's say, journal, people that already ha- open, talk openly about emotions, maybe to others. These things that people already do in general because yeah. it's part of who they are when it comes to the part of grief, or people that already, let's say, use counseling, have already used therapists or things. Or, or then they add it to their repertoire. These tools just help you have kind of that. uh, We the like the things you would need on a beach. If by chance these kind of things would come (laughs) with a wave, right? You have the life life jacket. You have those. uh, That's what these tools would be. Yes, exactly. These are the
0: the tools the way you've put it is kind of like if you have some kind of practice and there's many different ways of doing that, those are things that can be there to kind of grab onto when something unexpected happens. Right.
1: Right. Another, and it, But again, it could totally been, throw you off completely off your game totally. and you'd be like, wait, but I thought I knew. I thought I was, no, I, thought I knew. No, sometimes you're not. Yeah. What, um, what another you
0: another big one for me is like stoic philosophy. If you've ever read any of that, it's like they reflect the Stoics reflected really deeply on death. And that's why people have tattoos that say memento mori. It's like remembering to think about your death is coming. But also I think that's useful. And it sounds morbid when you first think about it, to think about like, you're going to lose your loved one someday. But to kind of meditate on that in advance, I think can be helpful too. So I read a book called A Guide to the Good Life. And it's, it's really helpful in providing mental tools and philosophical tools for preparing you for. Like you said earlier in the podcast, this is something that the only thing we can all not avoid, right? It's, it's coming mm-hmm. at some point for everybody. And uh, that, that's that been a good toolkit as well.
1: Well, you've been given me, you're giving me a lot of tools <laughs> here. So thank you, Andrew. This is, it's the first time I have it turned around. Well, not first not time, okay, just a, maybe only other couple times that someone turns it around at me so thank you I yeah. appreciate it because you can ask think. all
0: the questions yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> oh man man <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm on this side thank True. you so much Andrew and so again to reach you again no story lost on your website Instagram yeah. Facebook yeah nostorylost.com. and you, there's just reach out to share your own story or see if you can convince one of your family members to tell theirs thank you once again, Andrew. And this is a beautiful tool, not only for in memoriam of a memorial of Mm -hmm. someone, but just even just to celebrate the life that we have and those that are still around with us. So thank you.
0: For sure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today.